February 19, 2020. It's a lot for Pedro show.
well, I got time to do China. And this is about the perfect time to do it. This is supposed to be played on piano, but that's irrelevant. for Pedro show I'm uh, brother Matt last minute had to take leave so I'm in my pad Pedro but not man alone because the amazing engineers in Estonia with their Skype software I got Frank with me from Smogvale to talk about uh, the Peter Lochner box set that came out hey there welcome aboard Peter uh, Frank Via thanks Mike yeah, you, uh, Frank just told me a story about uh, Tony moving Peter and him playing piano the whole way <laughs> inside the <laughs> boat. <laughs> I mean, a band on an upright. And we started the show off with uh, Mr. Knight, John Coltrane, and then going to China. Peter Laughter. I guess this fifth CD, it's the stuff he recorded, and the next morning his ma finds him, right? Yeah, I mean it's very it's very poignant that way, and it's it's a final statement from Peter, and it's I mean it, it's a much sort of mythologized recording, but um, I, I just find it to be very touching, and 
there's something just, you know, special about it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and then knowing, you know, actually it's not the last one. I think Summertime, he does an Eddie Cochran. Yeah, I mean, there, there was there was still hope in his voice, but sure. he had, I mean, he had to know that his illness was, was devastating and that he didn't have long to live. What, like 24? Yeah, that was it. Uh, you know, he um, he had reached out to friends around that time, uh, uh, asking them, you know, if, if he could move. He had some friends that lived out in the country in Ohio, and he, he wanted to move out there. And he thought that maybe he could find uh, some relief for his addictions and for his for his illness. And it just it just never worked out. He just never got the opportunity to do that. But it, you know, it, 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 there's there's just something about his story, um, and it, that's just so important and relevant to artistic expression today and, and the creative process. Where does this story start with you? Because uh, for the listeners out there, we're talking about like 1973 to 77. Right. Well, he, he actually, his first band was a high school band in the, I think 1969 or 1968. But for me, it started uh, in 1999 uh, when, when David Thomas and his friend Jim Jones got in touch with me and said, hey, would you be interested in producing the first ever fully authorized Rocket from the Tombs? retrospective release and I of course I said sure because it you know it's it, it was that band is really the start the real the real genesis of the Cleveland underground and and it was a release that had been the recording set had been bootlegged many many times and to have that opportunity to finally put together the definitive fully authorized release that of course Peter plays on you know was something that we couldn't pass up and so we, we did that record and, you know, the band uh, got the surviving members of the band got back together and they added Richard Lloyd from television on guitar. And they and they they did a string of successful tours. And but but the thing is, when I did that release, I, I figured I knew there was another story here that hadn't been told. And that was the story of, of Peter Lochner. And. Uh, so it was a story that I was, you know, interested in telling. I, I wanted to, I, I had always had a desire to tell a story about my hometown, Cleveland, Ohio, and this just provided the perfect opportunity. And so I set out along with my researchers, my assistants, just putting together this gigantic archive of uh, recordings and letters and flyers and photos and whatever we can find. I, I had no idea when I started it, though, that it would take uh, as long as it took to put it all together. Like 10 years? No. Yeah, something like that, right? Yeah. I, 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 10 years is sort of the official start to finish, but we really had started picking materi materials up maybe 15 years ago. Uh, you know, you know about this take take the guitar player for a ride? Yeah. So you oh so you did know about that? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, there were other, you know, there were some, you know, seven-inch records that were done. Uh, you know, take a guitar player for a ride. That that kept the, it, it, it kept the legacy alive, certainly. But um, those, re- those releases, um, you know, I, I, I think should be commended. But, but they also needed to be expanded and because it didn't really tell the full story. And so we really set out to tell as best can be told the full story. And for you, what was the best way to learn? Was it like David or people? David, oh, of course. I mean, David was very helpful. Um, you know, he, he you know pointed us in the right directions initially, but... For us, there was, there was just a lot of detective work and finding people, because because you know Rocket from the Tombs and Perubu are really just part of the story, and there's there's a lot more to the story besides that. So finding the people, uh, finding the materials, it was it's rock it's rock and roll detective work, and it it just took took years and years to track stuff down. You know. My, this happened more than once where we got a hold of someone and they said, you know, I've been waiting for 30 years to tell my story. And so, you know, when that happens, you just know, you, you just know you're on gold. And you're, and so, you're talking about people who knew him personally that played in bands with him. Yeah. Played in bands. And then for whatever reason, weren't involved in music anymore and hadn't been involved in music in a long time. You know, they, they went on and did other other things, you know. They sure. they did they got other careers or other whatever, and uh, so it happened on many occasions. Just finding people and hearing that you know they've been waiting for so long to tell their story, and of course, so many people had closets full of photos and flyers, like I said, and letters and recordings that building this archive just took time. Yeah, and the recordings, a lot of more personal, right? He didn't go in the studio much. There were very few actual studio uh, uh, recordings. So the only ones that we know of are um, the Perubu 7 Inches that he plays on. He did a very short uh, studio recording with Adele Bertai. Uh, and that recording is, and we got the master on that, and it's it's known as the secret session recording, uh, from which there's one or two songs on the box set. Um, and then he did a, a sort of a living room studio recording in 1970, and that got released in 1970. It, uh, it's a private press LP in an edition of 100, maybe, maybe 50. It's called, uh, the, the title of the release is Notes on a Cocktail Napkin. And I have one, and it's, it's a very, <laughs> obviously it's a very difficult uh, release to track down the masters. Who knows where those are at? They're long gone. And, uh, but that's it. As far as studio recordings go, that's it. However, uh, in our on, we're, we're still looking for things. And so in our ongoing quest uh, to, to find more stuff, we recently came upon a single song 
recorded in a studio, uh, I believe in 1974. Uh, the name of the song is The Change, and it, I, I hope I can release it someday because it's just an amazing, amazing recording. You know, uh, if you say 1970, he was a teenager, probably still in high school. Yes. Yes. So he started really early. Yeah, I mean, he had he had high school bands when I think as far back as '68. Wow! I believe he played his first live gig in '69, like a high school dance or something. You know, uh, Bob Quine made all them Cleveland recordings of Velvet Underground. I think he was in. You know, I got to record once with Bob Quine, and uh, right. Told me the first guy he saw play electric guitar was B B Buddy Holly in Kent, Ohio, the year I was born, 1957. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, buddy said, "Watch out, man! You don't want to record with this guy. He's an asshole. He's going to kill you." And he was the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> Same thing with David Thomas. This guy's going to kill you. He's an asshole, and he was the nicest guy in the world. Oh yeah. Don't I mean... believe what people say. <laughs> No, 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 no. That, that's that's a complete, complete myth, and it's it's actually a very unfortunate myth because, um, David, you know, I mean, when when you have as long a career as David has had, I, I think there's a certain amount of respect that is commanded by that. But as far as friendliness and, um, you know, I mean, David's unparalleled, really. Yeah, he's always been the greatest. In the two unknown instructor records, I got to be a part of with him was it was great experience he was beautiful and georgie was like fucking hours and hours late david was stripping down i would he was gonna he was down to his chonies by the time georgie finally got i want to play solomon's minds here this is for my wife charlotte if i had the gold from the deepest ocean and the diamonds from Solomon's mines I'd trade them all For your sweet loving Made me see Where I was blind If I had the voice Of a choir of angels And could sing I'd sing solo and soft and gentle Just to make you a lullaby Well, I get tired and I get weary I'm hardly ever half satisfied True love is by my side
trade them all for your sweet loving that made me see where I was blind. Very nice tune. You wrote that, right? Yeah, right. How long ago did you write that? About a year and a half ago. How much writing are you doing now? Uh, very little. Some, you know, once in a while. I don't like to do a lot of my songs. Why? Uh, because a lot of them are rock and roll songs, too, and I want a whole screaming band. I want horns, and I want Yeah, you want girls the fanfare going, and the brass. <laughs> right. I want to wear my bell-bottom pants with the rhinestones around the cuffs. Your salty, hot ire shakes like shivered steel frying in electric rain. Struggling hot, it trips into knots as it grips swaddling holes in your brain. Yet, try as I might and care as I do, I listen too fast past your pain. Yet, hear you I do, yet, unrelenting I coo, my thoughts on rushing train. For thrilled am I even to palaver and reason with any and all of my kin. All convos are relished, words wildly embellished, ideas on the head of a pin. Do know never I intend myth feelings to bend, or to rankle beneath anyone's skin. Still, words quickly spent lend selfish offense when pride merely lets that hurt in. Still, bang, off my mind travels, my words romp, roam, and unravel. Thrilling in chase of skewed logic, yet why do you hear angering babble? Petty feelings snap shut, mercy's listening port, skidding to halt on fun's gravel. Okay, my words wander on, merrily traipsing upon, feet like slam-dancing cattle. So few will ever know that stream's heady flow of possibilities unbound that I can describe and Russian contrivance to paint vision into sound. Kaleidoscopics this world, its riches unfurled, my mind can but expound. So oft unsprung my mellifluous tongue runs speech on wonders it's found. Thus ever I follow that muse in her wonder, a witness to her flowering ideals. Ever widening realms splash with beauty upheld, her glee so utterly unreal. Each moment's a gift. I wish to uplift, yet you deign to be bent by my spiel. A chance we may have shared, sparkling and rare, perhaps twas our last zeal. Know yet that I care, don't fret, whine, or despair. Nothing's really been broken. My mind's a bubbling. Thoughts rush into words, sure, wildly my mouth was opened. Thus I'll strive to control this gushing pie-hole of soliloquy fast, blithely spoken. Accept then this apology for excessive rants, for families where I put my hope in.
walking around. Ciao, bella ciao, bella ciao, bella ciao, 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 
the first day of summer everyone wants ice cream people cluster at tables and jostle at the ordering window I watch with wonder and amazement I guess they don't have a kid in a psychiatric hospital I trace a square and seldom step outside it. Home to hospital, hospital to home. I bring an eyebrow kit, Kafka's complete stories, a laundry bag with socks and underwear inside. I have moments of lightness and moments of crying and both feel the same. When she was younger, we took pictures at waterfalls, windblown and grinning. The overlook was a few feet away, but we couldn't make her look. She lay on a bench, kicking her crocs and plucking petals from a purple flower. Water came over the cliffs with a hissing sound. Beneath it, thunder. Striped roof like a circus tent, curved red benches, patchwork pictures of orange push-up pops and chocolate rockets. A man with two boys, a couple dressed for church. A girl in a pink sweatshirt moans to herself. She kicks the ground to make her wheelchair move. Everyone wants ice cream. Music wavers out of tune. Ice cream could be a bribe 
Don't die, and I'll bring you some. I walk through the mental steps of realizing it won't work. By the time I get there, it would melt. Coldness in me that only you can 
For Pedro showed out Solomon's Minds from uh, Peter Lochner. And that's a great song. I, you know, in the notes, you, you talk about him being a folky. You know, in a, you know he's a rock and roller, but yeah, there is something like that. And there's also <clears throat> something I read about him actually going. He lived in the city a couple of months. He came to California. He did. He, he moved to California with one of his buddies, Rockney Riddleberger. And they moved to the Bay Area, and they were going to try to make it as musicians, as songwriters. And I think they lasted maybe three months. There were some misconnections. They had some gigs lined up. And there was, you know, there's there's no, obviously there's no internet or email or cell phone, you know. And so they were, they were, Playing open mic nights, uh, getting paid in dinner, you know, getting paid in food, basically. And so they, they had some gigs lined up, and there were some miscommunications, and the gigs, they missed the gigs. It didn't happen, and things kind of quickly fell apart. And, and then Peter came back to Cleveland, and Rockney, I think, stayed out there. And he, but he lives in Ohio now. He's a, he's a pedal steel player. And he's also a, a, um, a model builder. He builds, like, model cars, and he's really well-known for that in southern Ohio. Okay. And we had Chris Kroger doing, uh, there's that air conditioner wailing. People, Frank's in uh, Miami here, so he needs, I know it's February, but it's still sweaty. <laughs> it is part. You know, Midwest guys who moved to Florida, I, I know one named Ig. And, yeah, they don't turn back. They love, uh, worship the sun. Uh, we had Chris Groger with uh, Bubble and Iron Salts, the flowers. Chris Butler, brand new, got to vote him out. Chris Butler told me to tell you hi, Frank. Oh, yeah. Chris, Chris is a really good friend. Um, and then putting out uh, songs and music, he just loves it, man. Yeah. You know, um, well, you know, Chris has a pretty amazing history. Um and and some of the, his most well-known compositions are you know known everywhere. Um, you know I know what boys like yeah, Christmas rap waitresses. I mean, yeah, and so but but we did a record with Chris a couple of years ago and it 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 turned out to be Ralph Carney's last record. Oh, that's and, right, uh, sax player, Reed man. Yeah, and you know Ralph Ralph was a great friend and he 
I, I'm, I'm just so sad that he's gone. I'm still... It's terrible. What, he the fell guy. down the stairs or something, right? Yeah, it was an accident at his house. And I, I, I tell you, I, I just miss that guy every day. You know, and I, I got know bad knees. And my advice, people, is always hold on to the rails. Handrails. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucked um, up. Especially as you get down the road a little further. Hold on to them rails. Um, I can tell you that Ralph is the kind of guy that would say the same thing and is probably laughing about that wherever in the universe he might. Oh, yeah, might I know, be. I know. You know about Tennessee Williams? I think it was a bottle you know, cap from a, a pill bottle. Yeah. He was swallowing yeah. pills and somehow the cap goes down and gets caught in the hatch. That, that's not a good way to go. <laughs> I, I imagine. I'd imagine there was a there was a couple moments there where <laughs> oops, don't. Uh, he, he could see it, you know. Yeah. He could see that Grim Reaper, and you know it, that that must not have been good. No, not at all. I always think of that when I'm putting my foot into something stupid. Uh, Panther Paul with Better Fellows after that. A Trotsky back brand new, new music for 20 years. Uh, my mission in life. Uh, Ned O'Millick Cooperative out of. Uh, I think he's living in Italy now. Yeah. Bella Chow, uh, hence the title. Lucy Leave out of England, Grandma too. His name is Alive, brand new out of England too. Uh, Forever Getting Lost. Jaded Azrites. That's from, uh, what's that called? Hudson Valley, where a lot of people from Manhattan, they keep the New York part of the address, but they move north. Forever, uh, Happy Clown. Guided by Voices. Bob put out another album. <laughs> I think it's not 107 for him now. He is just collaborating though. He he is he just played here on New Year's. He did a hundred gig set. It was like five hours. <laughs> you know, I have this I have this acquaintance from Ohio State, and um, uh, you know, I mean, got it by voices from Dayton. Yeah. But uh, I knew these I knew these guys from Dayton. Uh, when I was uh, when I was in college, and uh, one of those guys was the longest running bass player, I think, or, or one of the longest running bass Mark? players. Uh, oh, Greg Demos. Oh, okay. They got a guy named Mark that's been with them the last few, and he's the one who usually drive. Him and Doug drive the truck, you know. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, hell rides like they played here in Pedro, believe it or not, a couple of years ago. <laughs> they drove a rental van or truck. To Dayton and back. <laughs> I think I think they've had just as many members as albums, but yeah, right. somehow, somehow Bob keeps the quality super high. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's, there's just you know he's got this sound that he's developed, and and he's he he's never really straight from it, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, no matter who he plays with, right? Although I, I would say Doug Gillard now is probably his most consistent cat. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. there's something about, and, and I think Doug's a Cleveland guy, actually. Oh yeah, because John Pekovich, right? Well, I think he served yes. <laughs> the good ship, guided by voices. For, but I mean, there's crazy shit too, like Boston spaceships, and but it doesn't matter what it is; it's still Bob. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And then finally, uh, Peter Lochner with uh, "Rain on the City." You know, but I, I picked. You know, it it it's five albums. And, yes. uh, but actually maybe only about 20 originals 
Well, so I, you know, that's I'll, what I tried to pick here, Frank. Sure. Well, you know, um, that's part of Peter's story. Uh, you know, he wanted to make it as a musician, and you can imagine trying to do that uh, those days in in whatever town in in 1972, um, trying to play. Uh, in clubs, um, it, it you know the the, the market the the the, um, uh, the market for original compositions, original songs was was pretty small. So you know you you had to you had to play covers if you wanted to play live, and and that's what he did. But he I, I think it's he did pick good ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so. He, he did pick, he did, you know, they were somewhat unusual picks um, for no, the time, but. No James he, he, Yeah, no, I mean, no, he added uh, something. No Brownsville Station. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you got Velvets, you got television. Well, I guess he even tried out for television. Look, we're at the end you of know, the first hour here. You can tell us about that next. Uh, February 19, 2020. Uh, Frank from Smogville talking about Peter. Hold tight for out of two. And so the band needs a guitarist, and uh, yeah, Tom uh, knows Peter and invites them to New York to have a sort of living room jam session to see if, if it might work out. And they have their little jam session, and it, it just didn't work out. And so I, I don't know if, you, if, it, if it could be called an audition, or an invitation to join the band, but in any event, they it just didn't work out. And you know, people ask me all the time, "Well, is there a recording of that?" And no, there there isn't. <laughs> I wish is there, there more was, to the but... story than that, because I've heard another part of the story. He pulled out a gun. Well, you know, we we interviewed Tom Verlaine about that, and so you know, this is this is a story that he tells, and. Uh, I, I, I don't, I didn't, he didn't mention a gun at all. <laughs> okay. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, I know, uh, you know, I'll tell you the first time I, uh, my personal experience, oh man, I should tell people where, uh, uh, February 19, 2020, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show, but, uh, we're talking here about Peter trying out for television. Uh, the first time I actually talked to somebody about Peter was, I guess, one of his first drummers. Well, not in high school, but Cinderella. Uh, Cinderella Backstreet. Right. Uh, uh, Scott right. played in that band, right? Scott Krause. Yes. Yeah. And I asked Scott about him. You know, I was a young, younger man and was learning about Peter. And, man, Scott's eyes went freaked out. And woo, oh, I don't want to talk about that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And so I just never brought it up again. And then when I heard that other story about the guy and stuff, I was like, oh, man, what's Peter like? But then listening to his music and stuff, he's like somebody I wanted to know. Maybe not so yeah. scary, you know? Well, he was he's a storyteller more than anything else. Um and and really, I I think the song that should be his most well known song, Amphetamine. Um, there's only three recordings of it that we ever found, and 
Uh, it's the song that um, Take the Guitar Player from the Ride. Yeah. It's its title from, because that's a lyric within the song. Yeah. And, it, and that's also a lyric that um, Wilco famously used in their song Misunderstood. And so, but that song, he cha- Peter changed the lyrics to it. Um, he didn't change the chorus, but he changed uh, the, the, you know, the, the regular the lyrics to it uh, every time you recorded it and it was a different story every time and uh, he that's that was he was a storyteller more than anything else I think that's the best single word to describe him yeah let's listen down at the bar Two and alls, and then Billy was begging. 
get somebody to come home with him and fall And somebody else wrote their number down in an indecipherable scrawl And then the bartender hit the lights and shouted, last call for alcohol Well, you can come back tomorrow night and you won't remember leaving here at all Whoa. At the bar, baby
Bye. 
song about rock and roll. This is one that I wrote, and this is a, a sad song about rock and roll. I was inspired one night while uh, under the influence, affluence of Inca Hall to, uh, while listening to Sam Cooke sing uh, Having a Party, which is one of the saddest yeah. songs in Western literature. And I, I wrote this, and I, I can't compare with Sam Cooke, but it's sort of my tribute to him. Wait, let me see if I'm tuned in. Saturday night. It's called Saturday Night, Dance the Night Away. Won't you take her by her hand? 
Then you're gonna lead her on the floor You know you wanna dance just a little bit more It's Saturday night Standing there where well, she looks so fine Hey, would you like to try? That's all you're gonna need just to make you high On Saturday night Them girls dressed up so right And the band they play so good They shined up their Saturday shoes Just so they could play for you Oh, to dance a night away And the dawn might never come at all Take her by her hand To you gonna lead her on the floor You know you wanna dance just a little bit more On Saturday night The world outside is big and round Hard to take when it's tough and wild But it's alright when you're Saturday's child And it's Saturday night Lochner. It was a, in 1974. It was a small. The underground was a small group of people. I mean, it was. It really wasn't more than 25 people. It so, might have been less. It, it probably was less than that. And so there was a lot of playing with each other. Know, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And of course, um, once Rocket from the Tombs broke up, uh, you know, th this is the, the sort of the greatest cross-pollinization in, in all the Cleveland Underground is that, you know, the, uh, that band split into two bands, Pear Ubu and Dead Boys, but they not only split up the members, they split up the songs, and so... That's why I first each, heard Ain't It Fun. Right, so each of those bands' most well-known songs for the Dead Boys, Sonic Reducer, and Ain't It Fun, and for Pear Ubu, say, Final Solution and 30 Seconds Over Tokyo, those were originally Rocket from the Tombs, those songs were originally performed by Rocket from the Tombs. And, and I think Peter's on the Peru Ubu versions, right? Yes. <laughs> Seven inch? Yeah. Yes. I remember Tony telling me, like, no one wanted to rock the bass. You know, Tim and uh, Tom would trade off. So, like, and I like the way you kept it intact, too, the little spiels that Peter would give before he started playing. So, oh, yeah, those were, those were important. Important to keep there, definitely. But also, it, it kind of establishes the nature of the recording. They they're very casual. It's almost oh, like very much. it's like hanging out, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, very much so. These were not studio recordings. These were done uh, in rehearsal spaces and at clubs. Yeah, he, he especially when he's just playing acoustic guitar and singing, he does so well. I mean, the guy was a very accomplished musician. 
Yeah, yeah. And and this idea well, of him being so fucked up all the time, you know, he's got a tune, right? I'm so fucked up. But he don't sound well, like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, one. I mean, there's two things really to keep in mind. I mean, first of all, it's the 70s, so, you know, I mean, obviously it was, you know, everyone was you know, had some sort of vice. Um, and fortunately it, it, it didn't, it didn't ruin too, you know, too many people. Um, although the, the people that, you know, were ruined by it, it's very sad. But the, the other thing to keep in mind, and I think this is most important is that, I mean, this is what, this is my belief that, that these things are an illness. I mean, it's, it's, it's a medical condition. And so, you know, I mean, it's 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 difficult for people to deal with. Even, I mean, today, I mean, with where where medical science is at today, you know, we we don't have the answer to deal with people's addictions. So you can imagine where medical science was at in 1975, and and trying to deal with the uh, illness of addiction, it's it was impossible. And and uh, trying to keep the bands together, right? Well, they're. they're Rocket from the Tombs and uh, Paraubu, they weren't really his bands. He's playing with other guys, right? Even though he's a big yes. part of the band. Yeah, I mean, Rocket from the Tombs, he joined uh, after the band had been formed. And then, but Paraubu, he joined straight from the beginning. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ruby moves her lemon-scented body 
like the breezes from the south. So somehow I got tangled. up to the taste of danger, feeling such a lot like Baudelaire, the night to fill my glass just one more time Well all the lovely ladies they get up and they adjourn to the show My head is so anointed with the blood and the wine That I almost the secrets down on the holy street where the vagrants they come down and go and other secrets in the eyes of cats and other vagrant lovers where the Ruby seemed to know the secrets as old as the ages of the blood and wine flowing in the fountains on the city square. I crawled to her to be drowned and driven, feeling such a lot like Baudelaire. the vanity of Baudelaire Ah, feeling such a lot like Baudelaire
daj, dojdeli život kaj Samo daj, kaži daj, samo daj, kaži daj, dojdeli život kaj Just a dance in the aftermath And when you check out of this hotel, Jack You're nothing but an autograph The desk clerk wakes up around seven And he tosses it out with the trash But he might keep around a couple of letters Return addressed to Sylvia Plath Sylvia Plath Woke up and turned on the gas Then she put her head down And completely forgot about lighting a match The rest of the details are just too boring to attach But let's see you do one thing as graceful as Sylvia Plath Ah, oh, let's see you do one thing as graceful as Sylvia Plath. Yes, let's see you do one thing as senselessly cruel as Sylvia Plath. 
um, uh, and, and and so when you when you talk about Peter Lochner, I mean when when you're talking about something lyrically, that's probably the most important uh, aspect of his creative expression. So, but yeah, amphetamine. <laughs> To, to, to describe amphetamine as his version of, of heroin, yes, that would that would be accurate. Yeah. And Bob Lair, you know, I guess his name was Tom Miller, and he changed his name to Tom Verlaine. Yes. Richard Hell told me about it. He actually yeah. wanted to play sax. And and and, and uh, actually, Richard told me that uh, Richard Lloyd was really important because uh, Tom Verlaine wouldn't do a gig without another guitar player. Uh-huh. Neon Boys never played a gig because he was too scared. <laughs> we had Stoma from uh, Rotterdam do a nervous system. Bernays Propaganda out of Skopje with uh, Doge Zivo. And finally, Sylvia Plath. But you, you said Peter was sounded hopeful at the end there. So the self-destructive, in that last recording, he does do See No Evil, huh? Yeah, you know, I I really do think at the end he he thought that maybe he could recover from his illness, but um, I mean, obviously he didn't. Uh, but I, I, you know, this is something that I really believe strongly that if if uh, if he had that opportunity, he he might have made it, and, and those opportunities just weren't weren't fully realized, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh... What about his parents? They were they were fully supportive of uh, what he did. They helped him. Uh, they were his only son. He was his only son, so you know they they helped him buy equipment and recording gear and stuff like that. And uh, but there's no legacy like it. Everything ended with him, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously, his mom, Pop, they didn't get to see this record. No, a long time ago. No, his, his dad was uh, his dad uh, survived the longest. He died, I think, in two thousand and two, if I remember correctly. Okay, we're at the end of the second hour, February nineteenth, twenty twenty. Frank talking about Peter. Hold tight for hour three. Uh, his legacy alters that that myth, that mystique. That, that he's just a crazy man. Yeah. Yeah, and and that you know this this adds a completely new and different aspect to that story. Yeah, I'm so glad you did it. February 19, 2020, third hour. Watch for Pedro show.
Well, for Peter show, uh, start third hour off with, I must have been out of my mind, Peter Lochner. Uh, Cray, someone who isn't you, can record after that with Night of the Dark Storm, K. Cole's Moped Girls. This is old stuff from South Bay. Actually, guys from the hill here. One's in Idaho, one's in Pedro now. Tragic comedy with the aphrodisiac of love. And Peter Lochner, I'm so fucked up. Uh, what was the most difficult thing for you putting this whole trip together, Frank? Well, um, I mean, just from a business perspective, there's 25 collaborators uh, that, uh, that you know, worked with Peter, uh, that made these recordings with Peter. So finding all of those people and getting them to sign off on a license, I mean, that, that was difficult. Uh, <laughs> some of them aren't alive anymore, so... Um, you know, getting to their estates or whoever is in charge of uh, their stuff after the, you know, after they died, it, it was it was difficult to find all 25 people, um, and so that that was that was probably from just from a business perspective that was the hardest thing, absolutely. And it, you know, he wrote right for Lester Bangs and Cream. Yes. But also other stuff too, right? Little zines at, in Cleveland. And... Yeah. So Peter wrote, uh, he wrote for Cream Magazine. He was a uh, contemporary of Lester Banks. They were friends. They made recordings together. Um, but besides that, Peter wrote for a number of different uh, free weekly newspapers in the Cleveland area, including C Magazine, which still exists to this day, uh, Zeppelin. Star and Exit. Those were the those were the four main ones that he wrote for. Okay, and he he, he actually played music with Lester. I know there's a Lester album. Yes, Peter and Lester Bangs made recordings together, and um, we include one uh, on on the box set. Which one's that one? Drugstore Cowboy. Oh, you know, wow. okay. I think actually that's on the bonus seven inch that. Uh, was included with the box set to people who uh, pre-bought it before the street date. I think uh, Lester, it was cough syrup, right? Yeah, he, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what his final demise was, but I, I wouldn't be cough syrup, believe it or not. I mean, you know, it had drogas in it, but. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you know, I've heard some uh, stuff from Richard Meltzer. He's a friend of mine and. Uh, 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 yeah, you, you know, you talk about those times when people didn't really have resources for people with problems like that. Yeah, I mean, it's the knowledge that uh, we have today that still is imperfect was that much less back then. Yeah, yeah, I can just imagine. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, just just spiel, just talking with people. And uh, I, I remember 70s, you know, I was a teenager, right? I'm 13 in 1970. So yes. my whole teen years is 70s. And it was pretty, what, what's the word, narcissist? Like, th th that generation was, like, into themselves so much. Peter, like, uh, people like Peter who, like, knew about music that was more than five years old. That was kind of rare. 
Oh, it was totally rare. With my uh, peers, nobody, nobody talked about anything that was only uh, more than a couple of years. No. In those days. Um, you know, before... You know, before punk had its sort of explosion in 76, 77, yeah. you know, these these underground bands, you know, in 73, 72, 74, these, these things just were firmly underground. I mean, you, you had to seek it out, you know. It wasn't obvious uh, to anyone. You know, Tony uh, that told me that there was a big... The way 30 Seconds Over Tokyo is... Uh, David put out something on some Peruble big collection called uh, Tom doing a tune called Steve Canyon Blues. Yes. And Tony says that kind of started this kind of trippiness off. Even though they were already living a life, Tom actually did it musically where you have the rock and roll part, but then you have the freak out and then you have it come back. (laughs) Yeah. You you know, um, yeah, I, I know that song. I really like. I really dig that song. And uh, but but I will say, I mean, underground underground music, and even even when you were out with the Minutemen, I mean, it was it, this was like a secret society. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. People didn't people didn't know this stuff. It, it was not it was not well known at all. And uh, and the fact that it was sort of a secret society that added to the coolness of it very much so oh yeah there's a germ song right what we do is secret yeah that 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 should be that is an anthem of the time without a doubt absolutely absolutely and that's yeah that's one of the attractions it was for me i want to play uh i guess he he had written a song called cinderella backstreet yes Uh, let's listen Scotty were talking In that nervous way that we always did It was then I realized I had something there to show him But that I would have to keep it in So I said I'm gonna walk on down in the alley Shine so very dimly. I'm gonna shake hands with all the creatures that I meet. With Miss Cinderella Backstreet. I tried to teach naivete 
kids brought up on TV. I tried hard to smile, got hung up in style. It seems they saw right through me. And you know, me and Ricky were talking. In between all the noise, the smoke, and the jive. And I said, playing those blues that you learned from the English dudes. Oh, does it really satisfy? I said to him, Me, I'm gonna walk on down in the alley. Down where the light shines so very dimly. Where the yellow cat walks on side of 30 feet. With Miss. Cinderella back street One down for the leather boys And one for the never been kissed Still another for all the ambulances Ah, there we somehow seem to miss began to flow And I said to take care of some business With a gentleman from Morningside Avenue Who introduced me to his very best friend from Denver took me aside and advised me just what it was that I should do. I said to him, right now I'm gonna walk on down in the alley. Down where the light shines so very dimly. Out where the night is so complete. With Miss Cinderella Backstreet I'm gonna walk on down in the alley Down where the light shines so very dimly Where the alley cat walks on silent padded feet With Miss Cinderella Backstreet
miss cigarette in the back street. Ribbons of delicious highways leading up and down hills, passing billboards and rest stops, weight scales are closed, truck lights lead on, sons of the ribbon, leaning on it loud and long, leading the way again, on and on the green corridors till you want to go crazy and your eyes tight behind the wheel, driving a long ways, but you take it and ride through the towns and stride. Oh, ribbons of freeway, lead me on forever. Always a cool place to go, past old truckies and horribly dilapidated structures and houses so close. I live by the freeway, where I park my RV so I can be hypnotized by waves of automobiles, vans, and trucks, and I, and I cut through that on my drive through my ribbon of greenway, rolling along. Let's go cruising now past that same stupid old shitty van that will always sit there until it rots away by the old highway, 29 towards Green Bay, until I get to 45 North and and go, yay, cruising along that way, always loving my green, green hills and trees, spinning on by the freeway.
effort not to turn to prayer But my sister sold her heart to the junk man You know the one who comes around knocking on your door Bitten off more than you expected you could chew. And you just can't take it anymore. Yes, my sister sold her heart to the junk man. Don't give no returns on his merchandise. Every time, every time I have to see her, it's like looking through a window frosted over with ice. Yes, my sister sold her heart to the junk man. Yes, my sister sold her heart to the junk man. Yes, my sister sold her heart. Chris Butler's Akron area. Yes. Yeah, because there was, there was kind of, they're not too far away, the neighborhoods, no. I guess. No. In fact, somebody was telling me, maybe it was David, there was a Cap Beefheart show in Akron that everybody from Cleveland went to in Akron. I guess uh, the Pretender Singer's Brother Numbers Band opened yes. up. It yes. wasn't really the name, it was a nickname for the band. Yeah, so, yeah, so the scene was only so big. So Cinderella's Revenge is the band he puts together after Cinderella Backstreet. Yes. Okay. People, we heard uh, the song Cinderella Backstreet by Peter Lochner. Then Joe Brewer would drive away. Jerk Graham with Little Kitchen. Wanda the Pigeon of Your Mother from A Kind of Pigeon. That's out of Milano. Andre Vita from Berlin with uh, Barino. Million Dollar Downstroke, Mod Vigil. And finally, uh, 
My sister sold her heart to the junk man, Peter Lochner. You know, that particular song Peter uh, co-wrote with Adele Bertai. Okay, okay. You mentioned right. her and, earlier, right? Yeah, so um, Adele uh, collaborated with Peter on a number of recordings. Uh, and then she moved from Cleveland. She moved to New York, and she was in the contortions. She had a, she had her own band at the time, also the Bloods. Which was James Chance. Band. Yeah, yeah, she had this other band too. She was in the Contortions with James Chance, and then she had another band, the Bloods, um, which was an all-girl punk rock band in in New York. I think it was probably the first all-girl punk rock band in New York. And what about so Bush, she, so Bush, uh, what were they called? And then Bush she goes Bush. on to do all these like backup singer gigs and her own records, and she's written a book. And her book is an, it's a memoir. It's entitled Peter and the Wolves. It's about her collaborations with Peter. It's unfortunately out of print uh, until May 1st. And on May 1st, we'll be uh, uh, issuing our reprint of the book, the first paperback edition with new photos, uh, a new forward. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Wow, I'd like to read it. And there was a band called the Theoretical Girls, but it was, it was Glenn Branca. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't really girls. <laughs> uh, man, I'm so grateful for you putting this out and taking the time and doing all this like this. Uh, the man deserved it and his work. And also, you know, he was getting the ball rolling for the rest of us. Absolutely. Well, I, I really appreciate that, Mike. Thank you. Um, it like it, I said previously, I really had a desire to tell a story about my hometown, and, and this is the story that I picked, and I'm, I'm glad people dig it. Yeah, bitchin'. Very beautiful, and I can't wait to read this book, too. I'm glad you're doing, so you're doing books, too, not just music. This, yeah, I mean, there's a book included with the box set, and so this this one is a sort of first standalone book that we've done. Okay, much success. My Thank you. version of uh, Smog Veil. <laughs> and people uh, Frank I want to thank you so much for being on the show it means a lot <laughs> people check out everything you can from Peter Lochner this record uh, records five records are beautiful and I'm just I'm just glad so glad so glad thank you thank you thanks uh, Frank uh, February 19 2020 edition Wild Pedro show people keep your powder dry <laughs>